Hello and welcome back to the GoTo podcast. We are doing a double recording day today and we are back on the NFC North. Talk about my favourite QB other than Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm your host Liam, as always, and I'm joined by my co-host Patrick. Patrick, mate, NFC North, greatest division in the world just because it has the famous franchises that everyone in the UK seems to talk about, but then the the divisional games are always terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. They are the stars of hard knocks, though, this year. So they are. Uh, uh, you hated Dan Campbell as well, by the way, when that appointment was made. Have you changed your view on the man now? Because everyone loves him, including me. But yeah, well, you stick him with your view. I, I have to hold my hands up here and say I actually wait for Hark Knox to have uh, a few episodes and then kind of binge it at once. But I have seen the clips on Twitter of him. And yeah, listen, he's, he seems like a motivational guy. You still have to win some games, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I just love him. There's a scene... I don't know if it's actually in Hard Knocks or it's in the trailer, but there's a scene where he calls Amon St. Brown. Uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. He calls him, he starts like describing him as really slippery in and out of his routes. And then he goes, uh, he says he's like a praying mantis. And then everyone starts chuckling in the press conference. And then he pauses and he goes, effing serpent, and just walks off. <laughs> and I'm just literally watching the clip, like, I love this guy. So I'm all in on Dan Campbell, but unfortunately he will be the last coach we talk about just because of how last year went. Um, the Packers won the division again, 13-4 and four last year. I think that was three 13-win seasons in a row, wasn't it, for Matt LaFleur in his first season, which is yeah, the great... Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, the greatest start to a head coaching career of all time, um, which is pretty remarkable, really, when you think about how many good head coaches they've been. The Vikings, my Vikings, finished 8-9 and nine after a terrible start to the season. The end of the schedule was very hard, and they uh, finished 8-9 and nine out of the playoffs. The Bears, I don't know how they won six games, by the way. And I looked back at this, but can you name me one now? I'll send you a tenner right now if you can remember a Bears win. <laughs> oh no, I can. Uh, didn't they beat? Um, did they? They beat the Bengals. Did they? I don't know, but you might owe me a tenner if they did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that game. Someone beat the Bears. Who? Uh, oh, they won there against Seattle in preseason. Does that count? Yeah, I can't look. Yeah, right. we'll we'll check afterwards. See if you owe me a uh, tenner or. Four Blackburn priced pints, maybe. Potentially. <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, six and eleven. How they won that, I don't know. Andy Dalton was uh, probably the QB for most of those. And then the Lions finished three and thirteen. And um, if you're Patrick, who hates Dan Campbell, you love that. But everyone else who loved the Lions, we all seem to think they won about ten games last year. Of how much we spoke about, <laughs> how much we spoke about the Lions last year. Um, yeah, interesting season. Obviously, Packers again kind of faltered in the playoffs, losing to the 49ers. Um, and then we'll talk about the off-seasons, but big changes for the Vikings and the Bears across really all areas of the team. And the Lions are going again with the best coach in football in Dan Campbell. Um, so off-season-wise, Packers, um, they are very much the same. I know they've got a new OC now because um, their OC went to be the head coach of the Denver Broncos, but they've got a new OC now, but we all know the Fleur calls the place. Uh, free agency-wise, they added Jaron Reed from the Chiefs. Uh, underwhelming season last year, but he's set to be a bit more of a backup for the Packers, so a bit of a rotation. And they added Sammy Watkins, and yes, that is the most oppressive free agency addition list of all time. Uh, losses, they lost Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scanning, Billy Turner, who played right tackle, uh, they lost Zadarius Smith, uh, and then also Sullivan, who started um, started in defence last year, and they all, both of those went to the... Uh, the Vikings. Um, draft picks, they had two first-round picks. Of course, they were going to pick a wide receiver. 
and they picked Quay Walker linebacker and Devontae Wyatt nose tackle <laughs> from Georgia, which does sound more ridiculous when you think about it a few months later. Uh, second round, they added Christian Watson, who was kind of the darling in the draft process. And then I think fourth round, was it Patrick Romeo Dubs? Yeah, um... I'm absolutely sick of hearing about Romeo Dubs. It's just, it's just uh, I've got a lot of, I follow a lot of Packers fans and he's he is the new Devontae Adams, mate. Mate, he's been going in some ridiculous spots, by the way, in some um, fantasy yeah, yeah. football. Him and Jalen Tolbert have both been going in crazy spots in fantasy football, I think. Been very early. Um, set for schedule-wise, they're bang in the middle of the league. Them and the Vikings are like 15 and 16. Um, obviously division there's two pretty poor teams in the division and the NFC in general is pretty average so most NFC teams do lead the way when you look at the top 16 17 teams and in, in strength of schedule metrics um, I guess it's great they kept Aaron Rodgers I do wonder if they would have just been better off trading Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and just go and complete rebuild on offense and just be a bit Steelersy on defense and, and win games that way but they kept Aaron Rodgers um, but the only thing we can talk about, I guess, first of all, is this wide receiver room. What do you make of it? Are we going to see a lot of, I know they've mentioned this, a lot of double running back sets because obviously their best players are now running backs. Uh, Robert Tonyan, who's going to be back, hopefully start the season, he can obviously catch passes from Rodgers and then make do with the receivers or do we do we somehow believe that a couple of these random receivers are going to be better than we all think and they're they're not going to miss much of a beat on offense? Well, number one, one of the rookies has to be really good, right? So to even think about emulating the offense that they had with Devontae Adams, that even though he was the only kind of good receiver, I don't want to hear about Alan Lazard as a, as a, as a good receiver. He's, he's been throwing the ball by Aaron Rodgers for the last few years. So one of these guys has got to be good to step up. Mate, I... You know how you just said then about they could have been better off trading Rodgers and Adams and starting again. To me, saying keeping Rodgers a quarterback is you think you can win a Super Bowl. And I just don't look at these wide receivers and think they are going to be lining up in the Super Bowl. Do you know what I mean? Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Lazard. You know, the rookies, you kind of never know what you're going to get when the season starts, do you? I don't care about kind of like training camp. It's all about when the the games are being played. Ah, oh, mate, I don't see this as a Super Bowl winning offense at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. What about your mate, Travis Fulgham? He was an Eagles legend. Didn't he catch like a jump ball against Marcus Pierce and, uh, and Mar- Marlon Humphrey as well in like a big game and beat the Ravens for the Eagles? I think that was his, his highlight. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. Sammy Watkins, will he make the team? Will he not? I don't know. He's good one week and then out for four. Um, I have been drafting Alan Lazard too high in many fantasy leagues, though. I do have to say that. Someone is going to catch the ball. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, exactly, yeah. Like Brandon Cooks, but will it be Lazard? I'm not sure, but I think potentially. Randall Cobb's obviously still there. Myra Rogers from last year, they know the offence, but obviously didn't do much. Christian Watson has been injured throughout the whole time of off-season, so I don't think he's going to have a great year, but you never know. Towards the end of the year, maybe they can get him involved down the field for some, some bombs. Um, and then it's just will the man, Dubes. Get it done or dubs. I don't know. I don't know what, how you actually pronounce that name, but um, we need to learn because he's the next Devonte Adams. Look onto Twitter. <laughs> uh, we need to learn. But yeah, I think Rogers will piece it together with tight ends and, and running backs, and I think they're probably going to run the ball even more than they did last year, and they did run the ball a lot. For me, the wide receivers are an issue, but the offensive line is a bit of an issue. Um, right tackle, who was a guard, Elton Jenkins, is back now, but 
nursing an injury. Um, Royce Newman is a very average right guard. Josh Myers is an un- not a very good centre for me last year. John Runyon played okay last year, but also not an elite guard. And then David Bakhtiari's had another little procedure on his knee in the summer and still on PUP and hasn't practised yet. So for me, the strength of their team, aside from Rodgers, has always been the offensive line in the last three, four seasons, especially under the floor. But this season, I'm really worried about the offensive line. I think if you've got a team that needs to run the ball a lot, the offensive line could take a step back. And Rodgers, as all QBs, especially as they get older, do struggle when they have more and more pressure against them. Um, I'm slightly worried about the offense in general, even the run game, just with that offensive line. Now, if Bakhtiari comes back, I'll feel much more confident, but it'd be like nearly two years since he's properly played, and I'm just concerned about can they hold up against some good pass rushers in, in the division, I guess, and then especially in the NFC at the top. Yeah, it's interesting overall, isn't it? It's just the, the keeping Rogers' decision is... Uh... Well, they're going to roll it around, or they think they're good enough to. And they kind of a weaker NFC at the moment. Probably think that they can still go deep in the playoffs, which they might do. But yeah, I think it's all going to come down to defense. Yeah, it is. And I think on paper, maybe the best defense in the NFC. Yeah, I would um, agree with you. Yeah, because they've got. If you go, we'll go um, front first. The front's probably slightly weaker in some areas, but. Um, Kenny Clark, who had an underwhelming season last year, but still very good. Jaron Reed will be the backup there. And then you've got Preston Smith, who can rush the edge alongside Dean Lowry, who is probably the weaker one. And then Devontae Wyatt is going to rotate in as well. And then linebacker's got Devontae Campbell, who had a great season last season. And then Quay Walker, who can also rush the passer from the linebacker position. Um, Rashawn Gary, also um, kind of outside linebacker, rushed the passer really well last year. And then you've got the safety duo of uh, Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage with Jerry Alexander, Alex Stokes and Rasul Douglas as the corners. Um, I know people do think the Bucks' defence is up there, but I think for me, top-tier talent at all levels, maybe this isn't as deep as others, but I think the top-tier talent in each position, if they don't get injured, are extremely good for this Packers team. Yeah, pound for pound, I think it's the best in the NFC, especially if the two guys from Georgia, Wyatt and Walker, step in straight away to kind of like NFL level. So, yeah, it's, that for me is probably how they're still going to remain on top of the division. And then Aaron Rodgers is always going to pull that out. So it depends in 2022 where the defence still wins championships like the old tired saying goes, doesn't it? But it might not win championships, but it might win the NFC North. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, don't know if, yeah I don't know if it'll win championships, but it might win the NFC North. Um Biggest competitors for them winning the North is probably the Minnesota Vikings, who we've got up next. Uh, finally, the Zimmer has gone. Um, the man with the strangest <laughs> husband and wife relationship you'll ever see, who you need to Google Google that, people, if you don't know Mike Zimmer. Um, he has left the building now. Mr. Run first on first down, second down, and, and third and long runs. Well, he's left. He's been replaced by head coach Kevin O'Connell, who was the OC, I believe, for the Rams. Um, and then they kind of Change the whole coaching stuff. The DC is different. Ed Donatel, who Kevin O'Connor knows, they've changed the special teams coordinator. They've played both run game coordinators. One of the passing game coordinators is left. So basically, the, the whole coaching staff has, has, has completely changed. Um, in terms of free agency additions, they added Sullivan and Zedaria Smith, like we said, from the Packers. They added Jordan Hicks, who had a relatively good year last year for the Cardinals. Uh, and then Jesse Davis, who was a backup right tackle from the Dolphins, who might push to, to potentially play 
guard as well for the Vikings if they need him. Um, they lost Xavier Woods, who wasn't very good last year. Uh, Anthony Barr went to the Cowboys and got burned in his first practice for them. I don't know if you saw that. Might be, I don't know who they practiced against, but he got absolutely killed. Uh, and then Tyler Conklin was a bit of a weird one because he played so well last year. I thought they were going to keep him and they let him go to the New York Jets to be the Jets' kind of backup secondary tight end. Um, whereas I thought he could have played for, for the Vikings. In the draft, they added Lewis Seen from Georgia uh, and then Andrew Booth later on from Clemson. Um, they added big guard Ed Ingram from LSU and then Brian Asamoah as well, who was a linebacker from Oklahoma. So all pretty big schools there coming out of college. Uh, their draft was really weird, mate. I don't know if you remember, because they could have picked way earlier, like twice, and drafted arguably better players. But they kept trading back and then ended up with a safety from Georgia, who I really liked. But um, I don't know if you remember, but draft night, everyone was saying that was a bit weird because they had multiple opportunities to pick what people thought was arguably uh, better players, I think. Yeah, it's just a new kind of raising them. New coach, new um, GM there as well, because the new GM isn't there in uh, Minnesota. I can't remember his name actually. Quesi. Um, yeah, Quesi yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That was probably kind of um, very uh, data-oriented draft, wasn't it? Uh, there, so. Yeah, that's like me on the draft simulator. Trade back, trade back. Get <laughs> trade the, back. Get, yeah. get more picks. Keep doing it. Um, I guess it makes most sense to start with the offense. Um, obviously Rams style offense Kyle Shanahan style offense will come from that same tree so they are going to play action pass more they are going to run less on second down at least maybe not on first down but definitely on second down um, they haven't really added much <laughs> so Jesse Davis like I said is going to compete with Ed Ingram to play right guard rather than tackle they've still got the same tackles as last year Christian Derisor allegedly has had a much better camp than last year so he could be a, a better level of left tackle um, they're still going with the same three receivers Obviously, Adam Thielen is kind of the, the older guy in the room. Justin Jefferson's number one receiver who's going pretty much number one receiver in a lot of fantasy drafts as well. And then KJ Osborne, who had a good end to the season, has kind of come in as their slot, sort of extra weapon when they play 11 personnel. Uh, running back, Dalvin Cook, hopefully for him, he'll actually play more than 14 games for a season. And then Alexander Madison, who's one of the best backups in the league. Uh, it's very similar on offense. Obviously, Kirk Cousins is still the QB, so we'll talk about Kirk in a minute. But the rest of the offense is very similar. But they're going to play a different scheme, aren't they? They're going to kind of throw the ball a lot more. They're going to throw the ball down the field more. And Justin Jefferson has literally come out and said the words that they have basically put me in the Cooper Cup role from last season. So he's not going to be just outside as much. He's going to be in the slot. He's going to be in free releases. He's going to be running out the backfield. I saw him catch a Texas route out the backfield yesterday on Twitter. Um, so do we think the scheme and just run play, passing more with these weapons is going to do enough for the offense to A, keep Dalvin healthier and B, maybe improve numbers under Kirk Cousins? I would go yes, I would, because I think there's a lot of talent on the offense. Not sure about the offensive line. I'm not saying that's an insanely good line, but even though there's a couple of first-round picks on there and, so, and yeah. two second-round picks, but I would say if this scheme comes in and it works coming over from the Rams, there's a lot of talent there, and Kirk Cousins is much better than anyone will have you believe on social media, right? Because he's a, just because he's an absolute geek doesn't mean he's uh, <laughs> he's not a, an above average QB. And I, I do think that the weapons are there; they're great. If the scheme comes in, mate, and it's much improved, which it should be, moving on from uh, Mike Zimmer and who was there before, I think these can challenge for the division if the Packers take a little step back. If the Packers go on and win 13 games again, you've got no chance. But if the Packers take two games step back. 
then I think that the Vikings are going to be in there for the division if the scheme holds up as to what it says. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because they come from the scheme, so we know the scheme will allow more passing, but still, will the will the head coach call the right plays? Because even though the scheme is better and the scheme is from a good tree, it, we've seen in other schemes, haven't we? It doesn't mean the play caller is actually going to call the right stuff. So um, we're going to have to see how that goes. But yeah, I'm interested. What are your views on um, little fantasy football corner? Um, do you think Justin Jefferson is right to be the number one receiver taken over Adams and Cup? Um, yeah, maybe. I, I like um, Cooper. I don't think I've actually got Justin Jefferson in any league, to be honest with you. So that probably means he, he is the one to take, I'd <laughs> say, first overall. I keep seeing Chase as well. He, yeah, he goes kind of the same time as uh, Justin Jefferson. So uh, I haven't been fortunate enough to win enough lottery picks on drafts yet to pick high enough to get Justin Jefferson. I keep being in the dead zone of pick six and seven at the moment. But, yeah, uh, yeah, same, like pick eight, and you're like, oh, now we've got picks. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love me to get some Justin Jefferson. So I think he's uh, second favourite to have the most yards in the bet, and I think that's a pretty good bet, because I think Cooper Cup may get used a little bit less with Alan Robinson there for a full season this year, but I think Justin Jefferson's going to have crazy numbers. And Adam Thielen, if he can stay healthy, will, will do really well as well. Um, I love Kirk Cousins. Everyone listens to this podcast knows I rationally think he's very good. I was on another podcast this week where I think I said he was easily, with the words I used, <laughs> top 12 in the NFL. And I got laughter that he wasn't a top 20 quarterback. And I, I can't see how he's not a top 20 quarterback. But yeah, I think he's top 12. I think he's really good. I think he gets hindered by how much they do pass to the running backs, how much they do pass short plays. Some of that is probably him dumping it off, but I think some of it was always that scheme. So I'd be interested to see if we can see a Stafford-esque rise from, from Cousins. Because I don't think there's loads of difference between the two. People will probably slate me for saying that, but there we go. <laughs> um, moving on to the defence then. Um, a lot of old players here, mate. There's a lot of old players mixed in with some some draft picks. So we've still got, in the secondary, we've got Cameron Bynum, who played okay last year. Cameron Dantzler, who I can't remember if he was a first or second round pick. Do you remember? Uh, Dantzler was a third-round pick. A uh, third-round pick. Okay, cool. Um, and then, obviously, Andrew Booth Jr. and Lewis Seen, who were both picked in the top 50 picks this year. Um, so, very young secondary, aside from Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith, who are both pretty old. <laughs> uh, and then they've got an OK linebacker group, and Eric Kendrick's been there for a while. Um, obviously, Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, a pass rushers, and then Davin Tomlinson's going to... Uh, kind of eat up space in the middle, but they're all very experienced. I don't really know what to think about this defence. Is it going to be good or, or not? I can't tell what your views on it. I think uh, Louis Seed and Andrew Booth Jr. are going to need to come in and um, perform because, uh, I mean, Patrick Peterson, mate, has had an immense NFL career and I'm not sure he'll get to the Hall of Fame, but he'll certainly be in the conversation in kind of six, seven years' time. But, mate, he, he is pretty much finished. And... Combining the rest of the secondary, Harrison Smith is still, still I mean, he's having a great career, but he's still kind of in there as a above average strong safety. But the rest of it leaves a little bit to design. So the new guys need to come in and kind of perform straight away. I like Dalvin Tomlinson that's signed for the Giants, I would say that. But the kind of the rest of it is kind of like middling names, like a Jordan Hicks has gets you a lot of tackles, but. Not great in coverage. I just don't know how good he is overall, but he's just a tackling machine. But 
the line is okay. I mean, Zedaria Smith was a strange one, wasn't it? Because he signed for, back for the Packers, didn't he? And then changed. No, he signed for the Ravens, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, he signed for the Ravens, yeah. Yeah, because he played for them before Green Bay, didn't he? And then he changed yeah. his mind because yeah. everyone laughed how bad the contract was. <laughs> And he was out of there, yeah. Daniel Hunter, obviously, is still obviously he's another guy who's drafted. I mean, if you you got Eric Kendricks and Daniel Hunter who were drafted in 2015, still starting for the Vikings, there's just not a lot of young talent that's coming kind of behind it. Yeah, I think it's got a chance to be a league average, okay defense. People say it hasn't got much to rush the passer, but I think I think if Hunter and Smith are healthy. They're going to rush the passer out as well. The issue is they both do get injured quite a lot because of their age, obviously. But, yeah, I think this defense, to be a very good defense or good or very good, it needs one of them young players, whether it's Cameron Dancer, Lewis Seen or Andrew Booth Jr., to really just be a lot better than we're thinking. Kind of like an AJ Terrell sort of career arc where he just comes in and is just one of the best players in his position for a season. Uh, I think it'll probably need one of them to do that and then the rest of the older guys to... To stay healthy, they probably need Patrick Peterson to actually not be healthy. He's that bad, but um, yeah, I think the rest, if they can get one of the young guys jumping out, they'll be happy. I'll be interested to see because Zimmer's was a defensive coach, wasn't he? With a good, I know the offense was not the best scheme, but the defense was really good. So we'll see if um, DC Donatello, who I don't know much about, we'll see if he can maybe mimic some of that and and have good results with with worse players, but. Yeah, we'll see. In terms of the schedule for them, they actually start week one versus the Packers. <laughs> so that first game, Packers-Vikings, Packers, Packers Vikings, for me, it'll be them or the Chiefs-Cardinals game that's on TV, you think, in England uh, or Britain. Um, and I think that's a pretty fun game for week one, Vikings-Packers. Packers. Yeah, that's an amazing game for week one. It's Cardinals-Chiefs. So I think Vikings-Packers will get the nod at 9.30 on Sky. Do you not think? Maybe, Division? yeah. Yeah. They like the QBs, don't they? That's the only thing. Whether Kirk yeah. cuts it over Kyler and things. I think that'll be it, though. The other game is Chargers Raiders as well, isn't it? But um, it'd be one of those three. But there's a lot of Packers fans over here in the uh, in the UK. Um, yeah, and then they've got the Eagles, Lions, Saints, and Bears, Dolphins, Cardinals, Commanders before they play the Bills. So there's some winnable games there for me. Um, obviously, they've got the one game, haven't they, against the Saints in London as well. Um, what's that? Two thirty start, isn't it, in London? So. Um, yeah, I think the schedule's okay. It gets a bit harder in certain parts and then uh, eases off again towards the end of the year. Uh, they finish the season with Giants, Packers, Bears. So if they can get in a position where they only need to win two games to, to clinch the division, then a nice Christmas Eve win against the Giants should probably do the job. But um, yeah, pretty good schedule, but they're probably going to have to beat the Packers at least once, aren't they, to win this division? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Cool, let's go to... I wish we could talk about... Dan Campbell next, but we can't. We have to go to the Bears. Uh, very strange offseason. In terms of player additions, they recently signed Riley Reef to play right tackle. Oh, yeah, sorry. Also, um, from the coaching staff point of view, um, my guy Matt Nagy is now back with the uh, <laughs> with the Chiefs. I'm sure all Bear fans in behind. They've got Matt Eberflus, who was the DC for the Colts as their head coach. Um, then they've got the pa- the QB coach from the Packers, Lou Getze, as their OC. Uh, and then they've added Alan Williams, who I don't know who that is, as the DC. So big changes on their coaching staff as well. Free entry wise, they recently signed Riley Reef. They also signed Lucas Patrick. So uh, he was one of the, I think it was the Packers' backup offensive linemen. So they signed two experienced offensive linemen there. They've added Teji Sharp, who the Chiefs released. They've added Byron Pringle, who the Chiefs released. And then they traded for Nikhil Harry, a wide receiver who's unfortunately gotten injured. 
Um, James Daniels this was their biggest free agency loss for me, I think, just in terms of players that you think were definitely going to be on the roster this year. I thought they were going to re-sign him, but they didn't. Uh, Alan Robertson left a free agency. That was kind of expected. Khalil Mack left in a trade. And then Hicks also left uh, to join the Buccaneers in free agency. So some really expensive but good players there that have left this team. Um, in the draft, they didn't have a first-round pick because of the trade for Justin Fields. So they went Kyler Gordon in the corner and Jaquan Brisker in the second round, two very, very good picks. And they drafted the famous Belus Jones Jr., who was a 25-year-old rookie in the third round, who I do feel like, including on this podcast, probably got more stick than he deserved, but we're probably not going to stop <laughs> just because he's a 25-year-old rookie. Um, strength for schedule-wise, the Bears have the fourth easiest in the league. The Lions have the fifth. So these next two teams are... Uh, we'll talk about it now. They're both top five schedules, both very, very easy schedules. Part of that is division, and then part of that is the fact they play the third and fourth place teams from the other teams in the conferences. So, um, yeah, very, very easy schedule, but still still a bad team. Um, we'll start on defense because we've started an offense for every other team, and after the offense makes me sad to look at. Is there any hope, looking at this defense, that this unit could actually be good? Obviously, Rokon Smith is in a holdout at the moment, but I personally think they'll pay him. Uh, Robert Quinn is still on the team, and it looks like he's not going to get traded at least till nearer to the deadline. Uh, and then the secondary, for me, Tavon Young from Baltimore is a good player. Kyler Gordon, I really like the draft pick. Quan Brisker has been amazing in preseason. I love that draft pick. And then Eddie Jackson is one of the best safeties in the league. Uh, and then I think Jalen Johnson, who played well last year, is the other corner. So the safety and corner group for me is good. The experience up front is okay. It, could this could this unit be okay in the division, or is this also a pretty poor unit as teams go? I think, like you just said there, it's going to be on Gordon and Brisker in the secondary to come in. And I mean, they're going to start straight away. They're going to have to perform if they kind of kind of like a below average rookie for the first four weeks. It's going to be a tough start because I really hope that Roquan Smith stays in Chicago and they can sign a deal there. But I don't know. It feels like there's a rumblings every day of a trade so and they obviously got Robert without um, Rokon Smith it was for me it's kind of below average I do love Eddie Jackson like you said he's came out in the fourth round like five years ago he's done he's had a great career so far but the depth is also poor I mean the backups is it, it, it's not good it, it's, it's they're not in a good situation at all are they the Bears it's yeah, I really hope Roquan Smith can stay alongside Robert Quinn and then the two rookies kind of perform well to kind of like a second round where they were picked to kind of perform to an average there. The defence was going to be better than the offence, which I'm worried to talk about. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, when you do look at the depth chart and then you move on to the backups, that's when you think, right, any injuries or trades... And this defence is going to be a bottom unit in the league, isn't it? Especially up front. It does almost look like if they trade Robert Quinn or let Rokon Smith go, they are going to just be a disaster up front, I think. But I do believe the secondary will be good, but unfortunately, I don't know how much that's going to matter with the overall team. Um, but yeah, I hope there's some really good young players there. Now on to your favourite position group, the, <laughs> the NFL, the Bears offence. Uh, we are going to go with a nice starting wide receiver unit of Equinamius St. Brown, Darnell Mooney and Byron Pringle. We're going to go with an offensive line of Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, Michael Schofield, whoever that is, and then Riley Reef. And then we're going to have Cole Komet, tight end, Dave Montgomery, a running back who we like, and then Justin Fields, obviously, a quarterback. Um, with that offensive line and that weapons, it, that's probably 
just because the Falcons have got a first-round receiver, it's probably the worst unit in football, would you say? Yeah. Uh, um, I feel sad saying that because I do like the Bears. Um, it, it is, it, you know, if um, <laughs> in a, like a crazy scenario, the NFL added a second league, like kind of like the championships of the Premier League, that feels like a championship wide receiving <laughs> room. Do you know what I mean? I, I like Mooney. You know, he was a great pick in the fifth round a few years back. But that overall is not good. And then this morning, so this morning on Twitter, I saw the Bears drive with um, Fields from last night. I don't like preseason football. I don't watch any. Dave watch the Eagles just because I just don't like it. And I'm like, he was running for his life on every single play in the preseason. I'm not being funny. The, the Seahawks did not got Aaron Donald up front. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> he was running for his life in the first kind of drop driving preseason. I just think, oh man, I just feel so bad for him because I'd love him to succeed, but he's got nothing really to to pass to. No, no. he's not got any kind of protection there. I mean, Tevin Jenkins, what's happened to him? Him had the second round last year. He got obliterated by George Carlos last week. That's what happened to him. But, uh, <laughs> now, now there's rumours they're trying to trade him for a conditional pick, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I just can't believe it. And Larry Borum as well, who, who who actually did start some snaps in, in camp, but then on the unofficial depth chart got named as the backup tackle, even though they drafted him, not high, but they drafted him. And then Julian Davenport, who was a starting left tackle last year, he can't even make the... That proves how bad he was for the Colts, but he can't even make the... The starting offensive line on right or left, and I just think I just don't know what's going on with that. And the, and the other side of that is whether you want you believe in running the football loads or not, this offensive line won't allow them to run the football enough to take pressure off the fact he's got no receivers either. They're not going to be able to do a Colts where they can run the ball so much and then just pass it 20 times with Wentz. He's going to have to pass it 30, 40 times the way this team's set up, and the fact they're probably going to be losing games. So. Yeah, for me, not good. I think they're a real shock to have the, the first pick in the draft next year, which that opens up a whole load of questions. Um, we didn't mention it, they got a new GM as well, in Ryan Poles from the Chiefs. Um, do you think this summer is like a reset summer and then obviously they've got loads of salary cap now and they'll go again? Or is it a reset in terms of, we don't believe in Justin Fields, so let's wait another year and get one? Or do you still think they might believe in Fields a little bit? Well, I hope that they do. Um... But it kind of looks like, I mean, the way that the roster sits, it kind of looks like a complete reset and they're writing this season off. But they've got a second. I mean, maybe they do believe it. I think it's something you said during the summer on our second year QB thing. Maybe they just totally believe in him and they're fine for year three next year and they just already penciled him in as the starter and they're just going to start building from kind of next year with a high draft pick or whatever. But I don't know. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good when you're a divisional game. That was Justin Fields just driving off behind you. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm uh, in the office. Anyone listening? So uh, loud, loud cars going past. Um, yeah, it's not good when you're in a division where your offense is that bad and you're going to play at least one, if not two, very good deep. Actually, three, to be honest. I know the Vikings aren't great, but they could be good up front. And the Lions, we'll talk about them. They've got an actual good defense on paper. Um, so he's going to be running for his life just by who they play against as well in division twice a season so yeah I'm very worried about Justin Fields um, still flashing even la- last night recording this after that game you said against Seahawks even last night he flashed some good throws but 
he can't develop his weaknesses because of how bad the units and how how bad the receivers are and how bad the offensive line is. But yeah, it's going to be a weird season for them. I do hope they keep him for another year. But if they get the first pick overall, I think we know they're probably going to. I think they're probably going to pick a quarterback if they got first. Now, if they were like sixth or seventh, then I think yeah, go Fields and let's draft an offensive lineman or receiver and, and build that way. But if they get the first pick, I think we could see a we could see a Josh Rose situation. Even though I believe Fields is a lot better than that, but. Yeah, feel sorry for him, but let's just hope he stays healthy this season because that's not a great, not a great line. Um, now let's move to the darlings of the off season, the Detroit Lions. Um, restore the raw is the uh, phrase going around on uh, on Twitter. Uh, coaches' staffs are the same. Um, I watch Hard Docs at the moment. Obviously, you don't, but they mentioned that there's 81 seasons combined between the main uh coach staff in terms of playing like they're all ex-players and they played 81 or coached 81 seasons between them as players uh as a coaching staff which is like by far the most in this division when they were reading it out and i did find that interesting that he's just got a coach staff full of ex-players um free agency wise they added mike hughes from the chiefs dj chart which i think people forget about which is a real nice pickup from the jags and then jared davis who'll probably be a backup or maybe starting sam linebacker on the defense we have wrote a couple of players' names down for who they've lost, but I put in brackets, who the hell are they? So we're not going to even talk about them. They're that unknown. <laughs> and then draft pick-wise, Aiden Hutchinson was number two overall. Jameson Williams was 12 overall in that trade, which I still can't believe. Wasn't it the Vikings who did that? Was it the Vikings who did that trade? I can't yeah, remember. it was the Vikings, yeah. Yeah, that is a crazy trade that, that they let the Lions get that. Because imagine if you kept Jameson Williams and... Uh, Justin Jefferson, that would just be nuts. Um, Josh Pascal, who I really liked in the second round from Kentucky, very good edge rusher. Uh, and then Kirby Joseph, who's probably a second round player for me, who fell to the third round, who's a safety, um, very good coverage safety. Uh, in terms of strength schedule, like I said, they're going to have an easy one. It's top five in the league in terms of easiness. That's the same with the Bears. But yeah, can they, uh, can they take advantage? I was on that same podcast talking about Kirk Cousins, where the fellow person on the podcast said that there's a chance the Lions could be 6-0. and to start the what? season so they were drinking the kool-aid there with uh the eagles in week one easy win for the lions obviously commanders in week two vikings in week three kirk cousins tough game then they got the seahawks and then the patriots so not the hardest schedule ever um but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, yeah but it's the lions <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we're all drinking the dan campbell kool-aid mate you're not there wait till you see hard knocks you're going to be all in on this uh all in on this Dan Campbell team. Mate, but, I can't um, believe someone said that they're going to start 6-0. I mean, that. He also was the same person who said Kirk Cousins wasn't the top 20 QB, so that's probably links a little bit to that. Um, but we'll start with the offense. Obviously, I think Jared Goff is well-liked um, in terms of who he is as a person in the franchise with a young team. I think that makes sense. But we kind of know what he is long-term. I think this is probably his last season starting for this team. I think the aim will be to, to get a QB next year. But the problem is they can't win too many aims or else... They're going to be out of that position. But if we look aside from Jared Goff, because we know kind of what he is, we know he's going to play all the games if he's healthy. There's no way that he would get dropped for how bad their backups are. What do you make of the rest of the the offense? Obviously, that offensive line, some people say is the best, if not one of the best in the NFC. You've got DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, which is a great running back tandem. And then the receivers are going to be DJ Chark, St. Brown to start. And then Josh Reynolds will probably fill in until Jameson Williams is back in probably October November time. Um, I think that's a very, very good offense aside from the quarterback. Pound for pound, right? Oh, here we go. Eliminate the quarterback position and you pull up the Packers depth chart. Player for player, 
I think but, a lot of people would kind of choose what they have here, which sounds absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I think um, Aaron Rodgers would win the NFC with this offense. I think that's yeah. how good it is because you've got the tight end as well, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, Hawkinson. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're I think they're very good. Um, obviously, I haven't got that star number one receiver, but they hope Jameson Williams will be that. I hope they don't rush him back. Um, I almost be over cautious with him could help you lose games and get a better draft pick, which is probably probably partly what you want really. But uh, they are definitely a coaching staff, not just from Hard Knocks, but just from who they are as for people that we've seen in interviews so far that they are going to try and win games. Um, they're not going to try and lose games. They are going to try and win these games. But yeah, I like it. I like the offensive line. I know you're a big fan of obviously Penny Saul, um, Taylor Decker. A bit of a weird pick still. Obviously, they're still going to play Penny Saul as a right tackle, not a left. But the interior of the line is very, very good. John Joe Swift's a top, I don't know, what is he in fantasy now? He's a top 14 pick by most people now in fantasy. But he's right up there with how much use he's going to get. We'll see how much they run the ball, how much they pass the ball with Jared Goff. But I think the offense could be good. Um, uh, it's not the best offense because of Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. But it's, I don't know how good it is in the NFC. But there's not loads better in terms of weapons aside from the quarterback. But So, I mean, so you take Goff, who's played well and played badly during his career and you look at that and say this is a good offence and blah 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 mate, mate you make Dan Campbell he's going to win some games yeah, of course he is he's Dan Campbell he's going to win those games <laughs> he heard the first podcast ever where you said it was a terrible appointment and you loved <laughs> Urban Meyer and then <laughs> he's fuming now and that's he it. went and won three games didn't he he's, he's coming after you now um, <laughs> what was the other, the other thing he said he said there's some teams that stay on the beach or something. There's some teams that go in the shallows and there's some teams that drag those teams in the shallows out to the deep water. And they're going to be a team that drags all these good teams out into the deep water. So, that is shit, mate. So I'm all in on this. We're going to get a bulging in week one, I'm telling you now. <laughs> I'm all in on... Uh, if they beat the Eagles week one, I'm going to have a field day on the pod. We shall see. Um, moving over to the defence then, obviously Aiden Hutchinson, huge addition. Um, training camp's going really well. Obviously, Michigan guy, Lions fan, so pretty cool story there. Um, interior defensive line, Liam McNeil was really good last year, so Levi Onzeruke was good. Um, but Michael Brockers in a trade with the Rams is going to be back. He's healthy. And then Charles Harris got quite a few sacks last year. He's going to be the guy that plays opposite Hutchinson until Romeo Aquara is back. So I think that's a relatively good pass rush for me. Uh, I do think the rest of the defence after that <laughs> probably takes a step back. So linebackers is uh, Alex Anzalone, who's played for the Saints. Amani Rawari, um, it's, probably got that wrong. Sean Elliott, who was a relatively good sign-in from the Ravens. And then you've got Tracy Walker, Will Harris, AJ Parker. And I think it, does, it isn't a very good secondary. So I like the fr- up front, secondary's poor. But I think if Jeff Okuda can come back, bounce back a bit, and be a first-round caliber player... I think the defence as a whole could take quite a big step up this season. I still think it would be weaker than the offence, but I think they could be OK. What are your thoughts on the defence? I know you yeah, like Jeff Okuda coming I'd, out. I'd love Jeff Okuda. I mean, he was top five pick, weren't he, two years ago? And third overall, wasn't he? Yeah, was he third? Yeah, I couldn't quite remember which third or fifth. So it's like, yeah, he was massive title coming, coming out of my highest. I'd love to see him kind of perform well. I don't think as it says on paper, is the secondary is very good at all and I think could get shredded by the Vikes and the Packers. Maybe they can handle the Bears wide receiver room. But um, overall, I mean, I, I, 
I mean, me and you kind of agreed. I thought they were lucky to get Hutchinson in the draft. He seemed like the normal yeah. pick, didn't he? So that was that was nice there. And I love the I love um, when they got Brockers. Actually, I really like him as a player. So hopefully, stays uh, healthy this year. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. It's it's absolutely fine for what it is. And if Hutchinson comes in and can perform kind of as as expected, then him and Charles Harris could be quite a nice duo there. Yeah, I like it. He's played well last year as well. And um, star of Hard Knocks as well, uh, Charles Harris. There's a very funny scene on there. But yeah, no, I think the offense, I think the defensive line will be quite good. I think they can. those two men in the middle are massive, aren't they, as well? So it gives you a chance that if you can stop the run a little bit, you can let those defensive ends rush the pass. And we'll see if Romeo Aquara comes back after his injury. But um, Mate, you yeah. have talked yourself into the Lions here, haven't you? Oh. I like the oh, I like the Lions. Uh, I'm not going to have them last in the division. I can tell you that. Uh, but yeah, they're going to be in the playoffs. I've seen people betting the Lions in the playoffs. Uh, the problem yeah. with me is right. I like yeah. It's quite a popular bet with sharp betters because the value. Where have I been this off season for the Lions? Is it just are these the two episodes of Hard Knocks and that? <laughs> cool, I can't wait for the third. <laughs> no, I think it, to be fair, part of it is this that when the odds came out for all the stuff, they were still behind the Bears. They still are now. You can actually bet the Bears to finish last in the division. It's better odds. So you get more money than if you bat the Lions. I think a lot of people just see the roster as so much better than the Bears. I mean, that's kind of where it started and then the hype just kind of exploded. But yeah, wait for Hard Knocks, mate. I'll wait for your report. We'll do a little report on... We'll do a mini-pod, 50-minute recap mini-pod on your views of Hard Knocks when it's finished. But normally I finish before the last episode because it just all gets a bit too same for me. But um, yeah, Dan Campbell's hooking me on. He's keeping me going. Uh, by the way, Josh Pascal's on PUP as well. So if he comes back, they've got another another pass rusher for the defense. This defense, come on, look at the pass rushers. This is like the '90s Bears. This team at the moment with these pass with these, <laughs> with these pass rushers. But uh, yeah, we'll see how good they are. Um, any more on the Lions? You got any DeAndre Swift uh, fantasy hype, or uh, are you staying away from him because of uh, how? No, but I have got a lot of shares in Amara Saint Brown from last yeah. season. So uh, yeah, I mean. He was amazing, wasn't he? Last six weeks of the season, a fourth round pick. If he can kind of step up that level again, then yeah, you'd imagine that the offense is going to be getting up towards kind of average NFL, and that'd be good. I do think, like you said, it's going to be it for Goff. Last year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got three, I think, three real good quarterbacks right now coming in the draft next year, and then whether any more get kind of get added as it goes along. So the Lions are going to be kind of looking at one of those. Yeah, I don't know if it's my cousin's love, but I am rationally also like Jared Goff. <laughs> um, he struggles in cold weather, which is not great um, for this division. But uh, I have got an irrational love for Jared Goff. There was just the fact he won a game and uh, him and his missus, very nice relationship. You should look on Twitter for that one as well. That was a funny video. I'm sure Patrick's watched that many times. But <laughs> um, I like Jared Goff. So yeah, I hope he, uh, hope he does well. Um, and then he can at least be a career backup. Worst case, him and Baker Mayfield are probably battling out for like commanders starting QB next year. I could see <laughs> that's can rather up Jared Goff and Baker. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's a good place to end the Lions channel. Bit of Baker slander, a bit of uh, Jared Goff love. Um, division predictions, then this would be interesting. Uh, you go first this time. Uh, who have you got winning the division? I think this is going to be close, you know, but I'm going to go the Packers, but I don't think they're going to win 13 games just with the level of the offense. 
What do you see their their ceiling as then in terms of wins? Like what? Like you don't think they'll get to thirteen, but if they won eleven games, that's about right with you, or do you think that'll be hard work for them? I think I think eleven sounds sounds nice. Yeah, I just uh, I don't want another Rogers MVP season either. No, nah, neither do I. Not of all my bets on uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I definitely don't want that. But um, yeah. I can't believe, yeah, I don't want to talk about Rogers too much, but he's uh, on the ayahuasca hype now. That's the latest. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but that is the latest uh, hype. I'm trying to find odds, by the way, for favourites to uh, have the first pick overall. And I do think the Bears and Lions are in the top five for that. <laughs> so that says a lot about this division. Um, Packers second for you then, I assume? Uh, Vikings. Not Packers, sorry, yes. Vikings, yeah. Yeah, Vikings. I think comfortably second. And if it goes well, they can take at least a game off the Packers. I think they can challenge for the division. I expect them to win more than last season's eight games. Yeah, I don't think we've actually disagreed yet. I'm just going to look on division winners. We both had the Bills. Oh, no, I had the Cowboys, you had the Eagles. I'm regretting that. We both had the Colts. We both had the Bucks. And we both had the Ravens. So let's get another Let's get another mixture in there. I'm going for the Minnesota Vikings. Kirk oh, Cousins. Oh, yeah. You like, you like that week one win against the Packers. I think the Packers are going to win randomly 10 or 11 games. And I think the Vikings are going to win 11 or 12. And I think maybe the Vikings can just pit, pit them on some sort of tiebreaker, whether they beat them twice or division wins, um, whatever it'll be. I think I'm going to go Vikings. That's me having the uh, Justin Jefferson Kool-Aid there. <laughs> um, but I think it'll be close. I think they'll both win maybe 11-ish games. So I'll go Packers number two. Uh, number three is obviously, for me, the fighting Dan Campbell's. I'm going to go the Lions. Uh, are you the Lions, or do you think the Bears' defence can do enough to get them third in the division? Oh, well, I think I'm hampered by not watching these two episodes of Hard Knocks, because <laughs> obviously I've got like the Montana 49ers talking about here. But uh, you know what? I'll go the Lions, because I just think the Bears are just... The weapons are just terrible. So I'm going to have to go the Lions. Nice. They're maxing out, by the way, at four wins. Oh, I think their win total uh, is 6.5 now. It started off as 5, and it's been bet over so much. 6.5? No way. <laughs> I, think the, I, f- I think the Bears might be 6.5 as well, though. That's the... that, that's absolutely mental. I'm going to see if I can pull that up now. But I'm So we're the same. We've got Lions at 3, and then we're going to go with um, the mighty yeah. Chicago Bears uh, last in the division. I would actually like them if they could... Uh, could become good again because that stadium and those fans it's a pretty cool night isn't it when you're watching Monday Night Football and someone has to go to Soldier Soldier Field I think it is a bit of a shame that they're this bad <laughs> yeah the venue is there as well. I mean when I went like coming on nearly 10 years ago it's such a beautiful setting as well it's just the fans are amazing as well just just need to be better all yeah. around well they've got a new coach new GM let's see I don't think they can be judged this much on uh, this season what's going to happen uh, by the way, they're both 6.5 win total, both teams. Yeah, nice. mate, both unders. If I was a betting <laughs> man, I'd be doubling my USA fund next year for my uh, holiday. Yeah, we are going to look at, we are going to do an over-under uh, rapid-fire pod at some point. So I imagine that might be some unders there. I'm still probably going to go under 6.5 for Lions. I'm not quite that high on Dan Campbell. Uh, I'd, love a, I'd love a cheeky Week 18 win against some, whoever they're playing. Uh, to get the seventh win, to win the over, just to make all the Lions betters go crazy. They've got, the, got the Packers. Oh, yeah, they'll win that. That'd be all right. Jared Goff stepping into Lambeau or Ford Field, whichever one is. 
Um, oh, cool. Last question then. Number of playoffs teams. I'm going to go with two. The NFC is pretty poor. I think whichever way it goes, um, I feel like they're both going to be in the playoffs unless there's a touch wood there isn't, but crazy quarterback injury. I think we're going to see both these teams in the playoffs and I don't think either of them will be the seventh seed either. I think they'll have enough wins that minimum six, if not five seed. I think this will probably be one of the... These two teams in the playoffs could be one of the stronger offences um, with Aaron Rodgers obviously still being good. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go two in the playoffs. Okay, that just gives a bit of an issue because I'm just looking back through and I've got... We both have two NFC South teams. I'm not One sure N- and we got you've got two NFC East teams as well. Yeah, Cowboys Eagles. So you've got two in there. You've got one in the north, two in the south. That's five. West, no, so is, still, west, west is very strong. Yeah, that's the problem. You, if you have two here, you're gonna have to have one in the west, aren't you? No, um, give me give me one. Give me one out in this division, the division winner. The Detroit Lions. No, joking. Uh, <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Nice, I like it. Cool. I will end the podcast on the breaking news that PJ Walker is going to start for Panthers tonight in preseason at quarterback. What are they doing? Why are we not getting our other, getting Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, whoever you want, more reps? Why are we playing PJ Walker and why is Matt Corral the fourth QB? Can you answer me that question before we log off? <laughs> I'd like to see Matt Corral, but like I said, I don't watch preseason football, mate. It's absolutely <laughs> diabolical. <laughs> so. It's going to get worse tonight if PJ Walker plays, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There's our uh, NFC North and PJ Walker preview there. Um, I think, is it the West next then? Yeah, we're going to move on to the West next. The next episode will be AFC West, and then we'll end with the NFC West. Um, although I do feel like we should probably end with the AFC West. So maybe we'll flip it and do NFC. We'll leave the best division to last. Uh, and then we're going to do a win total pod. And then we're going to have a couple of pods with, with some guests for the season starts when three weeks out. So very exciting. Um, go follow us at GoFor2Pod. Go follow Patrick at MugsNFL. And also, uh, I've been part of doing the full 10 yards, if you don't follow them, at full 10 yards on, on Twitter, doing their preseason guide. Uh, that's come out now. And if you use code hashtag full 10, you get 10% off and it is really, really good. There's loads of content. I didn't do loads for it and it took me hours. So the amount of work that other people have done, if it took me hours, is really impressive. So yeah, go do that. And you might see a collab with uh, Patrick coming soon. You never know. Watch out for that. But yeah, um, enjoy the weekend, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon, everyone.